0: Hello people and creatures shaped like people, this is Bacon Dude and this is episode 6 of the Bake Omega show. Currently it is 10.30am in the morning when I am recording this on the 4th of July. I have been up since about 4 or 5am because I couldn't sleep well. so. I thought about trying to force myself to fall asleep or get up and go in the studio and continue working on my lo-fi creation. So I'm still staying on track. I am creating a lo-fi genre song or something I would consider lo-fi. It's probably nudging a little bit out of that. But once again, I'm using my r license to create music that I feel fits what I'm feeling at that time so I'm taking that artistic license to be an artist I mean I have no commission this is not done for any monetary gain that I know of at this point but it sounded better and so I kept pushing it the song is called ladder like climbing the ladder going up and down I guess best way I describe it but it's I guess I go with the still I go with the first word that comes in my head and I name my actual project that name and I just stick with it. Uh, What I am trying, I've done a lot of I want to backtrack and say I did mention some stuff about mastering. There is a whole ecosystem that I'm barely scratching the surface in when it comes to just the tail end of getting your audio quality where it needs to be. And it seems like seven-fifths, if that's even a fraction. I'm just going to stick with it. There's more involved to getting that audio up to industry-level quality from a home studio standpoint than you realize when you start tackling this. So from my point of view, decent room treatment. Um, decent entry-level monitors. These Cali Audios LP6s are are my babies, and I'm going to just keep it at that. Um, I've been getting really good direct translations, less stress. I'm not even worried about the translations anymore. I'm just worried about the quality of music that I'm creating, so I can actually trust that what I'm hearing from the Kali's n- 89% chance will translate pretty well with the zero issues to other devices. Uh, and that's just something I'll just work on as I learn these speakers and just learn my room as I just continue the mix. But the tail end of adding just crazy stuff like being able to EQ the side of your mix, EQ in the left and right channel, EQ in the middle. These terms that I learned a few weeks ago have been really, I've been really trying to apply those and in some of the effects I'm using in the song ladder, uh, lo-fi is tough because it's, it's all about the tastefulness of the ambience. And it's about just the tastefulness of the songs of the sounds you choose, the rhythm, the voicing. There's so many subtle things in there that this is the perfect test bed to work on mastering and loudness and a few other things to still, Make sure all the voices are heard, the textures are there, the presentation of your ideas there, but you're still fitting in with that genre that generally has a certain ceiling where you just should not get too hype. So this is a, a fantastic challenge because I can dial in these granular details and hear how these effects work on such a, I call it a blank canvas, but something that's a really simple canvas to really take the full picture of everything that I am adjusting and manipulating. Uh, seriously, the biggest thing I think was really revolutionary is learning how to use mid and side EQ and left and right channel EQ to your advantage in an artistic fashion. Uh, I've got a quite a few links I've saved from my show notes that I'll include in this podcast, but that's that's some of the things I kind of watched these past few weeks to kind of get up to par where I'm at, and then I put a very interesting kind of stop. Yeah, this is in my notes right here. It says to it's called tutorial bloat. And I guess I was going to call that this episode. I might call this episode tutorial bloat. You hit a certain point where you can learn about all the things you can click on things, read all the things, listen, all the things. But until you apply them in a way, it almost is useless knowledge because there is no field knowledge with what you just learned you can be an armchair everything but until you physically get your hands on it so be it just like my comment about mastering until you start digging deeper into this stuff you go oh that was a very ignorant statement i'm still going to stand by the fact that mastering should be something considered in the big picture of the whole process from beginning to end especially from a home studio perspective but i will be dedicating a lot more time to just purely mastering the song ladder. So i'm really working on that final push to get the ideas down, the effects and all the cool little things happening on each mix really down pat so i can really dig into the nuances of these mastering techniques to really bring out vibrance and bring out level and beef to the song. Um uh, but Back to the topic of tutorial bloat is don't overthink it. Try to set small goals and work towards it. So in my case, these small goals are working on the levels, the loudness, the balance, the everything else. Those are the biggest things. But my biggest end goal is how do I make this particular song hit the sum of the audio levels that I have seen with other creators mainly on slaps i've kind of been kind of just saying there the most part but but on slaps.com how do i get my mixes up to that same level as i slowly figure out where do i fit in in this electronic music genre because it's i'm i'm not quite slotted in a particular category just yet um i'm told multiple times chill vibes this is chill this is cool this is uh, this is why i'm taking my my foot in fi just to see what can I explore with that, just to kind of say, hey, at least I know I kind of have a genre I can orbit. Um, So I'm taking it easy. I have kind of stopped watching tutorials at this point. I am taking the knowledge that I have gained and just applying it as I hear these songs. So either I'm a madman or just... Functioning on some weird level today, but yes, I've been up since about 4 a.m. And the only reason why I'm recording this podcast right now is I'm taking a break just to kind of let my brain reset a little bit. I'm not hitting like what you call like a writer's block, I'm not hitting a wall, but I'm just hitting that physical limitation of, hey, human, stop being a machine. And I'm really just enjoying myself and enjoying this space and enjoying this room is really what it is. I know this is a holiday weekend or a holiday day and I probably should do more than that. I probably should go outside and grill a dead animal or something. I mean, I've got I've got chicken, I got something. I might light something on fire. Who knows? But it just felt right. If I can't sleep, I might as well be productive and I can use this creative time to really have a different way of looking at this and the chill vibes and everything just kind of make sense. Uh so I won't go too, too long on this particular episode. I think I've said all I need to say It's really just don't don't put yourself in tutorial hell. If you find something, try to find a way to implement that one thing you just learned and then build upon it and then learn from there. Um, because YouTube has an algorithm. People have a incentive to say certain things and drive a certain way, but that doesn't mean you fall into the hype and do exactly what they say. The, those are just for inspiration, just ideas. Um, oh, I do want to bring this up though. I think I keep forgetting to mention it. That's why I wanted to kind of talk about this as well. So maybe I'm going to make this a little bit longer. Uh, I am still amazed how granular I can get with editing my MIDI events. It's it's a big deal to, it's a big emphasis. Yes, you got to get the take right. You got to play it right. You have to play the song correctly. But now I'm in these weird nuances where. I've created the the track or the the sound or idea I'm trying to convey, and I'm using a lot of effects that are velocity sensitive and ladder. Um, one in particular was a was a patch from my Yamaha synth, the MX forty nine, and I'm really enjoying the the external instrument plugin from Ableton. Eliminates all the latency fuss and whatever, but. Once that MIDI event is recorded and the audio from the keyboard has been recorded, that's kinda it. But there are nuances you can have before you commit the audio to your track and The biggest thing is during the live tweaking and everything is you can still hold on to the MIDI event, and as long as your settings are the same and the keyboard's plugged up, that external instrument is exactly what it is it's now external instrument to your particular mix. So in my case with that keyboard, there has been, I've been able to edit and kind of move some events around. I even was able to move a couple of notes around. I was like, I didn't want to re-record the whole event because the velocity at that time is kind of set in stone for the first part of my song. And I was working on the second part and I didn't want to take away that organic feeling that I already had or that same vibe I had. And yes, I know these are still digital events. I know I could still recreate if I played it myself. But if I just need to move two notes and I can just play with some velocity sliders in the events, that sounds like a better polished way to edit this particular MIDI thing I was working on. And that was really satisfying to, to, you can see that, oh, I flew up the note here. I see I accidentally pressed two notes. It was very briefly, I can't hear it in the mix, but you can see it on the MIDI event. That's like, Hey, that was an extra note. So being able just to delete that one thing is is just amazing. And I'm talking about something that's probably been around for at least 20 years now. But to experience it yourself from a musician standpoint of, hey, you got to get down that one take or you wish you didn't flip on that one note to now having everything in MIDI where you can see the, all the notes, you can see the events and you can go, all right, let me just move this here. Let me change the speed here and you can get these things. I guess, in a way, robotically clean, but you still have that that organic human feel. And that's really what I want to try to keep digging into is is how to be organic with all these electronic instruments. I guess the way be a cyborg, you still have that human component in there somewhere or, or anime reference ghost in the machine. There is still a human component somewhere. And so with ladder, I'm pulling a lot of that. I'm using minimal everything. So I'm not, I'm not even using quantize per se. What I am doing is I'm looking at these MIDI events and going, all right, this was messy. Let's clean it up. So I've got a lot of good tasteful phasing. I've got a lot of good human elements everywhere. Um, But there's been a whole bunch of patches where just being able to edit the events have been just totally revolutionary. There are certain patches that I could not have played cleanly without some of the editing that I've done. It's just that simple. Um there's a synth patch I'm working on um that for some reason the sustain events got trapped in some kind of purgatory. And there's two ways of doing it. The, you can either use a sustain pedal and record it, but you got to be careful because Ableton has a tendency to hang the sustain pedal when you stop. And unfortunately, I had to upgrade to Max for Live or forgot the exact thing, but I had to upgrade to their, I guess I called their dev sandbox version of Ableton. So I could actually use a plugin in particular that, that was, that was coded to stop all the sustain events. When you press the stop button, so you don't have any hanging notes anywhere, but I kind of digress. I'll include that in the link as well so that you can, if anyone wants to buy that plugin, they can check it out. Um, but in this case, instead of using sustain, I just recorded the notes then on the tail end I just extended the length of each note to the next event and that was probably the probably the most robotic thing that I've done MIDI wise to my track but it's just a pad in the back just to add a little bit more lift and a little bit more chord and I didn't want to have the sloppiness of, of having like notes sliding or you hearing extra events. I mean it, it works great when you're playing organ. You can kind of slide your hand around. You can kind of glist those notes because you're organically trying to play the instrument. And that's kind of a characteristic of using like, like a Hammond clone or anything. But with the synth, sometimes that just sounds messy and it adds all kinds of just noise you don't need. And I've been really focusing on my left and right EQing, my mid and side EQing, because, because lo-fi is some serious stuff. Like once you dig into how to mix it, it it gets pretty serious. So certain effects that are very ambient, you don't want something happening on the left side just because the reverb is bouncing across the whole left and right channel. You kind of want to localize and control some of that stuff. So at the end of the day, you can still have a, a complex mix, but it's still light and fluffy and, and still fits in that little box. Um, and this, that's really been exciting to, To feel like it's like a mixture of like being your own digital orchestra where it's like, yeah, you wrote that one note. And instead of having like a whole concert of humans in front of you to control, I mean, it sounds fun to do that. It sounds expensive. But if you have your sheet music written, you can hear that and you go, okay, that note isn't right. You you have the same luxury of rewriting that music. These media vits are in that same category. You're just using You're just using a computer and you're still using your ear. It's just so weird how you're mixing in like the concepts of sheet music with the concepts of playing by ear and all these pictograms and pictures. When I was first looking at MIDI events with Ableton a couple of months ago, it looked like total craziness to me. But over time, I started grasping that, I guess, grasping what I was looking at. And I'm almost at the point now where I can look at a piece of sheet music and go, "Okay, that's a chord. I can look at a MIDI event the way Ableton has it written out and go, that's the same chord. And you can you start hitting that weird level of being able to be bilingual and I guess in a sense. Uh, it's funny, a friend of mine actually mentioned that they were they were learning uh, they're learning Spanish and German about being bilingual and they mentioned that music itself is a language and I kinda forget that. I kind of forget music, especially if you read it, is technically a second language. The way I hear music is not I don't think it's totally normal. I'd really I mean I really don't wanna do a brain scan to see how unnormal I am, but it's so much. It really is so much to kinda of think when you just kinda of talk and ramble on in the podcast in a room staring at a wall. Um but I'm gonna kinda of cap it off at here. I'm just really enjoying myself. This was a good use of my free time and my day off and I'm glad for anyone here that's listening. And finally, I want to share my Mr. Rogers moment. I actually wrote this down at the time. So we're just going to one take this and we're going to call it it called a moment. All right. Mr. Rogers moment. Music is a snapshot in time. They are memories. They are a catalyst. I've not listened to music for enjoyment for a long time. And even though you can get it caught up in making something better, always look back and see how far you have come. Starting the song, I've learned quite a bit. And every mix I've done has built upon that. Uh, sometimes you need to have an individualistic mindset because your own self is not fit to act. That sounds weird. Maybe I should have read this. So I'm going to skip the Mr. Rogers moment. We're just going to keep this in here. Doing it live. Doing it live. So, long story short, I don't quite remember what I was thinking when I wrote this, so I'm just going to skip over it. all right. We're never going to do a script that Mr. Rogers ruined ever again. so take away, enjoy yourself, enjoy your life, do what feels good, don't hurt others that's that's not good hurt others let's not do that's that's not good advice in fact this this whole podcast is not good advice whatsoever. this is the the worst music podcast ever. And like I say, I'm taking this flub and that mistake I just made. And we're just going to just keep it in here and we're going to let it roll. So this concludes episode six of the worst music podcast in the universe. The bacon mega show. I'm bacon dude. You can find me in all the links below. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy your life.